Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Well, audience, we got a special edition show for y'all today. We are joined by our brother Mac from Bad Guy Radio. Mac, go on ahead and talk your shit, bro. Hey, how you doing, man? First of all, I would like to say I appreciate you fellas for having me on. I know, uh, in the presence of a Cubs fan and Doug. <laughs> what can you do about that? <laughs> I, appreciate so I had to, to deal with that shit all the time, Mac. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate chopping it up with a with a fellow White Sox fan, a South Side guy. But yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. You know, like you said, I'm off the uh, Bad Guy Radio podcast. We got about uh, five shows on there. Sox fans with Attitude, Black and White. Uh, smoke room and uh, soul of the south side. So it's going pretty well, man. I can't complain at all. Yeah, you know what? All these, uh, if you got checking those guys out, stay in tune with them. Uh, we've been on their smoke room show. Max opened his doors up to us, man. Been there through us, through hell and back, man. So he's always got a, an opportunity to come on this platform anytime he wants to come on here. So we appreciate you for coming on, man. No, I appreciate, like I said, you guys for having me. And, Definitely gonna stay solid. That's just the way I was raised. That's right. That's that Southside DNA. A dub. What about what happened with that Southside DNA of yours, man? <laughs> man, it's still there. <laughs> 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 I see y'all. What y'all doing, man? I see. Yeah, little Hollywood, little Hollywood on the north side, man. You know. Yeah. Hey, uh, audience, I wish y'all could. I wish y'all could see A dub right now. You want to talk about Hollywood? Y'all <laughs> <laughs> killing me over here. You were back already, man. Man, we listen, we go to when we go to YouTube, boy. A dub about to get us all the ladies up in this boy. Well, I see you, A dub. I see you. <laughs> no, hey, don't start that. He gonna have on the Nikki Barnes shades. Hey, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the diamonds, man. Yeah. Looking real fluffy over there. Don't, don't, don't let friends do this to you, Mac. No, man, not today, Mac. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, man. It looked like you've been firing shots at my White Sox, too. You know, what else can you do? Yeah, we be catching strays from Dub, trust me. Yeah. The people, the people been, they been ideas. They're like, man, they're like, well, he he taking pride in this season. I'm like, but we only, what, three games back? 
And they're yeah, like, yeah. they like, but your brother, he he happy over there. I'm like, I know he is. Yeah, he's smiling, <laughs> laughing, you know. I, I see him. Well, you no, can't I, tell him no. We got that Eddie Murphy laugh going. I, I hear you over there, Dub. I hear you. <laughs> it ain't over. Killing me. It ain't over. No, it's not over, Mac. I, I know. Listen, man. <laughs> Maxie, he, him and his group, man, these guys, they kind of keep White Sox to the lit. So sometimes I'll be seeing them, and they, they kind of try to bring levity to what we're seeing out there. So that's why I was like, man, let me get Mac on this show because I've been frustrated with Tony. Mac, you see it a little bit different. So, man, just talk to us, man. So how are you feeling about this season? I mean, with Tony, first of all, I would like to say my first choice for the managerial position was Ron Washington. You know what I mean? I'm just a big believer in Ron Washington. He's an old school baseball guy. Tony, an old school baseball guy too, but I just was a big fan of Ron Washington, what he do, what he does as far as developing uh, players, especially defensively. He seems to always be putting in the work. I know everybody liked Moneyball and they gave Billy Bean all the credit for down there with the Oakland A's, but Ron Washington was the reason that thing worked because he was out there, you know, training guys how to play different positions that they weren't used weren't used to playing. And that was all Ron Washington. And then you seen what he did with the Texas Rangers. Unfortunately, he didn't get the ring, but they went to two World Series and, you know, he won over there. And then, of course, he had the unfortunate situation off the field. And then he went back to the Oakland, I believe, and then went to the Atlanta Braves. And he finally got a ring as a coach, not a manager, but he finally got him a ring as a coach. So that was my first choice. For the managerial position. Now, I was back in Tony because I believe a lot of people was just fucking downing him. People was downing him because of off the field issues like uh, drunk driving, a DUI, or whatever. To me, that has nothing to do with your capabilities on the field. And I'm not, uh, you know, making light of the situation, but what the person does off the field has nothing to do with their capabilities on the field. That's their private life. So that's one reason why I backed him. The second reason is he's the second winningest manager in baseball history. And we're talking about over 100-plus years of history when it comes to the MLB. And then thirdly, he never left a team where he didn't put them in a winning position or he didn't win. So that's one reason why I back Tony. Now, with Tony, the one thing I'm a little bit disappointed is, is he seemed not to be holding some players accountable. Uh-huh. It seemed like in his, you know, older age, and I'm not, you know, uh, age shaming or whatever people call it these days, uh, he just seemed to be a little bit more softer. And I thought with him coming in, what the White Sox needed was a little bit of toughness because right. they tend, besides T.A., Abreu, they had, you know, some guys that was kind of soft on that squad. And I thought he could make a difference as far as in toughening them up. With Rick Hahn, bro, I never really been a fan. You know, I thought the media overhyped him. I mean, you can go back to articles, you know, as way back as 2008, 2009, where they was saying how the White Sox could possibly lose this guy. He was supposed to be some type of, you know, genius. And I coined him the golden boy, you know, and uh, they allow him to get away with everything. When he stuff didn't work or shit didn't go his way, they blame the brother Kenny Williams saying, well, it's Kenny Williams in his way. Maybe Kenny Williams is not really letting them run the team. Like, really? 
You're talking about Kenny Williams was probably the most successful GM in White Sox history, the one who, you know, broke the uh, championship baseball drought for Chicago in general, but brought a championship to the South Side. He beat the fucking Cubs and getting a championship in, 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 the, in the 2000s. So you got to give the brother credit in the same like they was just, you know, uh, blaming everything on Kenny to let, you know, they golden boy Rick Hahn off the hook. And I, and I wasn't a, a fan of that and, and never was a fan of Hahn because look at his record. I mean, when he took over the White Sox in 2012, I believe the previous year before that, they was only three games back. Uh, Kenny Williams left him Chris Sale. He had Marcus Simeon in the system. You know, they had a team that was uh, not a below 500 team. So you could say record-wise sort of a winning team. Like, and what has he done to build upon any of that? I mean, he, you could say he's wasted the prime years of Jose Abreu. You can say he didn't get what he shouldn't should have got out of Chris Sale because Chris Sale was a, a dominant pitcher in the MLB at the time the White Sox had him. And you can also say he's kind of wasting the years on, of um, Tim Anderson, who is a, is a all-star shortstop. You know what I mean? So what has Han done to, to fucking earn the praise? And the players he's got, he got uh, Johan Moncada and Michael Kopech, but Johan is struggling. It seems like, you know, we don't know what his love for the game is, but he got them by trading Chris Sale. You know what I mean? He did rob the Cubs of Dylan Cease and, and uh, Eloy Jimenez by giving them cues, so I give him credit for that. But he really <laughs> hasn't been able to build, build. He really, really haven't been able to build upon some solid pieces that he had, and he has wasted some prime years of some pretty good players. He said a lot of stuff, bro, that I can actually attest to. But I want to go back on one thing you said. You brought up Tony LaRusso, right? I do respect the man's history, what he has done for baseball. But I will say, I ain't seen shit of that on the White Sox. Mm. I mean, the man out there sleeping on the job. You're <laughs> right. The accountability piece you mentioned, I really agree with you on that part of it. Because one guy who I think is phenomenal for you all, who I think still needs some accountability held on him as well, is Tim Anderson. Yes, I'm standing on here. Yes, he needs some accountability as well. The guy, his demeanor, you know, sometimes get too passionate. Sometimes don't always react the way he's supposed to react, but there's no accountability to him at all, right? In general, that's why he got those three game suspensions. Just my thoughts on that. But Tony Russo has not done a great job on the White Sox, in my opinion. Well, that's because well, I mean, uh, T.A. be spending too much ha time hanging out with Herb and them, but, you know, I'm going to back it back in. <laughs> I mean, you look at you look at Tony Larusa, right? Okay, White Sox fans they wanted AJ Hinch at that time. Uh, I don't know why AJ Hinch never was a genius. As a matter of fact, when he was with the Diamondbacks, he failed. Then he got with the Astros. We all know they had electronic devices, garbage cans, and buzzers, and all that good stuff. And he got a championship <laughs> because of that. And uh, now he with the Tigers. He got my man fired over there. Got the got the GM slash. VP fired over there because the team has been, you know, mired in mediocrity <laughs> to the fucking, uh, use high words. But Tony LaRusso last year, I, I believe like over half his roster was injured. They made the playoffs. They won the division. This year, you have underperforming players. I mean, Grandel looked like he's declining. Yoan Moncada hasn't, I guess, you know, if you let his stands tell it, he's still feeling the effects of COVID. And that was in fucking 2020. But 
you have a lot of underperforming players, a lot of guys who've been who have been injured, and yet the White Sox, even though it is a weak division, so it's kind of hard to say the guy haven't done a good job when you look at the factors that are be before us, you know. And I know some of the aesthetics, you know, people, you know, look at the fact that he's old. You brought up the <laughs> fact that they say he was sleeping in the dugout, but he still has his team with a in position to possibly win a division and in the playoffs when you go to the dance anything can happen which honestly uh A-Dub, we talked about this on the show last week and the fact of the matter here is back is correct we still on the hunt the, the yeah. spat all the, the the drama the dallas keiko bullshit right people want to bring up shit to go on in people's personal life and then they try to say that they saw my man's at the airport that wasn't him you know it's just <laughs> all this nonsense right. that, that goes on out there but mac is totally correct we right there in the hunt even though Rick Hahn didn't do shit at the trade deadline, we are still in the hunt. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got like I said, Grandel is a major piece of the White Sox, right? You look at his numbers, garbage. Like it's nothing there. You look at Yoan Moncada numbers, garbage. Nothing there. You got Eloy Jimenez who's been injured most of the season. You have. Um, uh, Robert, who's been in and out of lineup, Moncada, who I uh, already brought him up, but he's been injured. AJ Pollock been injured this year. I think the White Sox are the only team that has only one player that has played 90 games this season. So if you look at his the lineup and what is available to him, he's working with a roster that they didn't have penciled in, you know, in the beginning of the season. So that's that's a hard thing to overcome, especially when your major guys are not stepping up. Like, it, it'd be a difference if guys who he thought he could depend on perform, but they're not performing. No. And he's depending on unproven guys like Gavin Sheets and, you know, Jake Berger, which he's done a good job, unfortunately. I don't understand why he's still down there in the minor leagues because I have no he, clue. <laughs> he should be – playing third base right now. I understand his defense is not good, and trust me, I'm a defensive guy, but to me, Yoan Moncada glove does not outweigh his bat, and at this time, the White Sox need power because they're having trouble scoring runs. Mm -hmm. so, Especially after what we've seen today, Matt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Which was horrible. They had bases loaded, nobody out, and the, the heart of the order came up, and we got no runs. That, that was yeah. That's frustrating as fuck. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> and with the Tim Anderson thing, Dub, you gotta you gotta realize, like we had a guy on our show on our pod. His name was is Pete Flores. You know, he coached at the college level, trained some professional guys, uh, worked with like Alex Bregman and stuff. And he made a great point, and he said that what makes Tim Anderson special is his passion. You know, and sometimes his passion will get him in trouble, but you can't take that away from him because then you won't have the Tim Anderson that you've gotten used to seeing the way he plays the game. So it's an old saying, you know, my grandma used to say, you got to take the bitter with the sweet. Mm. Now, I like that, Mac, but what I'm going to say is this. You're right. I'm not having him change who he is as a player. That's not what I'm advocating for. But when you see him go too far, it's okay to bring him back down to earth a little bit. For example, when he rolled up on that dang old umpire, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, and touched him, that's what got him suspended, right? Mm -hmm. Your boy Tony LaRusso is right there. 
Mm-hmm. They ain't do a damn thing. You go and see how hot Tim Edison is. You got to say, hey, bro, I got this. Let me handle this right now, right? Pull them yeah. all back and then do your thing as the manager and handle this situation. Instead, you go in there, let your boy still do what he want to do, and then you go do what you want to do as a manager. No, protect Tim Anderson from himself. Well, it took Tony. It, well, it took Tony a little bit to get out that dugout. I, I don't know if you saw that truck. <laughs> he's seventy-seven years old. Yeah, yeah That's I, true, I gotta, it, no matter who the manager is, they wouldn't have got out there that fast enough to <laughs> prevent that situation. I mean, it, it, it just it blew up pretty fast. That shit did escalate quick, man. Yeah, and, uh, it's not like you know people forget. It, it ain't like Ta did a Robbie Alomar and spit on the umpire, mm. like that. No. You know what I mean? He he was arguing with the umpire, and we've seen several times, especially when it's a face-to-face argument with umps, where managers accidentally bump him, you know. So he accidentally, with, with the tip of his hat or whatever, touched the umpire. To me, nothing major, but I do understand what you're saying about accountability. I just think with Tim Anderson, you can't take that passion away, or you can't try to bottle that up. You got to let T-A-B-T-A. You know, and as far as like with White Sox fans going, I think I said this on uh, the No Flodging podcast that we do. T.A. put the White Sox on the map. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody was talking about the White Sox in 2019 when they was rebuilding. It was T.A. passion, the way he played the game, how he represented the community was the reason ESPN, MLB Network, and others were talking about the White Sox. He, he the one that put the White Sox in the mainstream media's, you know, mouth or, or put them on their program. So True. I always respect and big up T.A., you know what I mean? Here's a brother. And for those who don't know, in baseball, it's very hard. You got to think most guys start playing baseball, especially these days, at 10 years old, and they're training with professionals. T.A. didn't start playing baseball until he was a junior in high school. Right. He didn't get one D1 yep college opportunity. He went to a JUCO college. And from going to that JUCO college, he got drafted in the first round. And I think he wrote somewhere when he became a pro, or in an article somebody wrote that he said when he became a pro, there was nobody in this in the locker room, at the white, in the white size locker room at the time, that could teach him how to be a professional. So he learned all that on his own and he's reached the heights that he's reached in his profession. So I have to salute that brother and give him, you know, 100 it's just due his credit. And one thing I got to add to that too, Matt, because I agree with what you said there. When I think of TA, the passion piece is what I think I like about him the most. Mm. I think back to when the White Sox and all of White Sox Twitter, for the most part, wanted us to sign Manny. And I was on record, this is before we had these podcasts, but I was on record at the time and said, fuck Manny Machado. Mm. Why pay him all that money? When we have this young core here that we're going to have to pay all these guys at some point, right? Yeah. What did TA say at the time? We don't need them. Stop. Yeah, we don't need them. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and to me, that that says a lot. Like, it's a saying, right? When you when you coaching like you youth baseball, for example, if you talk to a shortstop and you ask, "Will he play any other position?" and the guy say yes, he's not a shortstop. Most shortstops tell you the good ones. This is what mm-hmm. I do. I play mm-hmm. shortstop. This is my position. They take pride in that because shortstop is like one of the most glorified positions in any sport. You would have to say quarterback, 
point guard, I mean, quarterback for football, point guard for basketball, shortstop. Those are like the glorified positions of sports. And to see a brother when, it's, when we already dwindling in the numbers in the MLB, to see a brother who's doing it at a high level, who put a team kind of on his back to where the national media is talking about him, and to also make an all-star game and represent us as a starter, I got I got to salute the man. You know, I got nothing, I got none but respect and praise for him. This is where I'm at. Matt, I, I don't disagree with nothing you shared there, bro. From a coach's standpoint, I salute Tim Anderson. I like the fact he's one of the best hitters in the league. I like all that about him. Mm. What I'm looking at as well, in addition to all that is, where's the leadership part of it, really, with that part of it? Is he prepared to take on that role? Because he's a great player. I'm not taking anything for being a great player. But, you know, Abreu, you know what I'm saying, takes on some of the leadership role. Where is Tim Anderson at when it comes down to that as middle finger and all other stuff? You, you all can see this, right? Mm. I'm just looking at the leadership part of him as well. Where does that come in at? Well, you know, T.A. plays with a lot of fuck you in. You know And we know where that comes from, too. Yeah, and we, yeah. exactly. It's like, you know what, I'm, you don't believe in me or mm-hmm. you guys really didn't fuck with me. Now you're trying to fuck with me. Like, now you're trying to ride my wave. That's that's how he's thinking. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, now you got something to say fuck you, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand that. And, and that's his, like I say, that goes back to his passion. But you got to understand, like, everybody leadership ability is different. So I, I said that with Jose Abreu. Like, you look at the Cuban kids who come over, like Yoan Moncada, Luis Robert. Why haven't they necessarily took on the characteristics of Jose Abreu? And the point you made about Tim Anderson leadership, I think with Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson, their leadership is, look, follow me. Do do what I do. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to be rah, rah, rah guys, vocal leaders. They more of, I show up to work, I do my job, you should do the same. You should play how I play. And I will say one thing about TLR is like, TLR only gonna big, Tony LaRusso only gonna big up guys who work hard. Like that's why he brings up Vaughn. That's why he brings up Jose Abreu. That's why he brings up Tim Manson. That's why he respect those guys because he see they, they work ethic, right? So you have to question as a White Sox fan, what are the work ethic of some of these other guys? What is the work ethic of a Yoan Moncada? What is the work ethic of a Yasmani Grandel and some of these other guys on the team? Like in baseball, you gotta put in the work because the sport is so long, it's so difficult, so hard. It's a grind, like everybody's saying. What are these guys doing in the offseason to get better? Like why haven't you seen the 2019 Moncada ever again? Why was that his peak? And then it was been drop-offs ever since then. What's going on with a Yasmani Grandel? Why is he, you know, struggling every year? I mean, last year he had in the second half, he had that hot run, right. which was beautiful. They raised right. his numbers up a lot. But what are guys doing to prepare themselves for the season? A lot of that, a lot of that you can't put on the coach. So as fans, because we love a certain player or we have gratitude for a certain player, we'll make excuses for them and just blame the coach when in actuality, a lot of it falls on the player. Well, Mac, I mean, that's something we talked about on the show last week. I talked about the players have underperformed. Let's, let's just keep it a hundred here. We, we yeah. all know that. But for me, I'm kind of like 50-50 when it comes to Tony because when I look at it, I thought that he inherited a team that was basically World Series ready. Mm-hmm. 
I thought the reason for getting rid of Renteria was to bring somebody in here with the Hall of Fame DNA and the pedigree to get this thing over the top. And that mm-hmm. hasn't been there. And so for me, that's where it's left me frustrated, right? And I agree with what you said about Rick Hunt because I was pissed at the deadline. All you bring me is a reliever, bro? Right. Yeah. Now Tim Anderson's out four to six weeks. Not just the – Oh, replacing him. How, that, how do you replace him? You can't. <laughs> See? There's no, it's no replacing a player of that caliber, right? You know what I mean? Right. You only hope somebody give you some sort of production, but it's not going to be at the same standard as T.A., but I, I will address the Tony La Russa thing as far as this. Um, I expected Tony La Russa to instill some toughness in his team. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen that really. Like when Tony La Russa came in, the one thing you heard Jose Abreu say was like, I've never been a part of a spring training camp like this. That's Jose Abreu. Like everything Tony did was professional. Like uh, Abreu's never been in that situation. You heard Giolito talking about, hey, we got to develop a, 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 a killer instinct. You know what I mean? So it's like the players knew that their mindset had to mature. Unfortunately, it didn't. And as White Sox fans, you got to think, we was basing a lot of our hopes on potential, right? We was basing our hopes on Eloy could be this 40 home run guy. We was basing our hopes on Robert could turn into – I mean, because he has the ability, but he mm-hmm. can turn into this right. generational talent. We was hoping Yoan Moncada could be the 2019 Yoan Moncada. Like, we was basing our hopes on a lot of unproven players. So if you look at the White Sox, when you're talking about World Series contenders, the White Sox probably were, realistically, was one of the most teams with question marks because a lot of it was built on potential and mm-hmm. not necessarily what these guys have proven in the league. You think about it, the only consistent player on this team at the time was probably Jose Abreu, and you could throw in Tim Anderson because he did, you know, he was a batting title guy. He batted 300 2019, 2020, and 2021. So he had, he had been a consistent player too, but it was only two consistent guys on this team. Everybody else, Joan Moncada was going down. Grandel, he had the 2020 season wasn't great. The 2021 season was his best season ever. And now you're seeing what he's doing in 2022. Like, we had a lot of up and down players, right? Really Mm -hmm. not a bunch of consistent players. And we were basing our predictions and our hopes on that, on unproven guys, unproven commodities. Robert never had a full season healthy. Eloy Jimenez hadn't had a full season healthy in a while. Um, you didn't know what you was going to get with Andrew Vaughn, so you was basing that all on potential. So when you really look at it, and if you take a step back as a fan, and you then you'll be like, damn, okay, a lot of the shit we was really saying or basing our hopes on was all based on potential and not actual facts, you know what I mean? It wasn't sure. based on science, as people like to say. Yeah, but, 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 but to that point, though, I mean, when you looked at that lineup and you saw – the manager being added to the mix, you're thinking, okay, potential with this Hall of Fame guy coming in here. It's like the perfect recipe, right? Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been that way. And that's why, for me, I got pissed off when I'm looking at Jerry Reinsdorf because I'm sick and tired of him ruining my franchises. Now, I'm just going to say it. I've been fucking tired of him since the Bulls and what they did when they chose Krause over Phil and MJ, right? Okay. okay. And then now we got this situation here where – I wasn't as up on Ron Washington as you, but I get where you're going because Ron Washington, man, is a baseball mind. 
Yeah. And we know why he didn't get the look personal shit, which I still don't understand why people are so worried about stuff that people do outside of their sport, their craft. Because look at Ron Washington now. He's still winning. Yeah, still winning. Yeah. <laughs> you know coaching, what I'm saying? Coaching everybody. I mean, yeah. just think yeah, about right. the type of guy Ron Washington is. Like, he's coaching Peter Alonzo, teaching mm -hmm. him techniques in the All-Star game. And Peter Alonzo is a rival of the Atlanta Braves because he plays on the Mets. Mm -hmm. So that tells you what type of baseball guy this guy is. Like, that tells you his love, his passion for coaching. And it would seem like not just the White Sox, but any MLB team will want him as a manager. And I, everybody has problems in life and whatever, across the bear, whatever the case may be. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But to try to just off somebody and not give them another opportunity because they made a mistake is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we all humans, you know what I mean? We're not mm -hmm. robots. We're not programmed. Right, Things right. gonna happen. Shit gonna happen in life. So uh, I never understood that, man. And to me, to this day, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that you have two cheaters, two known mm -hmm. cheaters. You mm -hmm. got the guy with the Red Sox and you got A.J. Hinch down there in Detroit. They get opportunities before Ron Washington, who were who was actually successful right. without doing any without any scandals as far as on the field and without mm -hmm. cheating and kept the integrity of the game. But why is that though, Matt? Uh, man, you know, baseball is is run. It's a good old boy sport, bro. Yeah. I mean, every 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 sport is besides basketball. Basketball, the players have a little bit more say so. But in baseball and football, no. Well, hey, Mac, I, I couldn't tell what the NBA had in that bubble because they had an opportunity to, to, to show they powered in and they caved. So I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, everything <laughs> comes down to money too, though. Uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> so you have to look at that. But I will say they can, like, they can get on ownership, some ownerships removed. In baseball, because yeah, we saw that happen with the Clippers, you right? Yep. In baseball, you're not getting the owner removed. They don't yeah. give a fuck. No, they don't. <laughs> in football, you damn near, you're not getting the owner removed neither. And the only reason John Gruden left is because of what he said about the commissioner. It had nothing to do with anything else. Oh yeah, we already know that. Because you know the commissioner, he petty as hell. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, me, me, meanwhile, Robert Kraft over here still chilling. Yeah, you, you got to realize, like, it's just <laughs> saying, you know, like, as a brother or a sister, you can be majority owner of a basketball team. Yeah, that's no problem. But being a majority a majority owner in football or baseball, yeah, the odds of that happening is not great. That That's that's something that's something different, you know, not, not to poo-poo on basketball or anything like that, but the, those two sports are just different levels in the eyes of Americana. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> just, so, just I just want, I want the audience just to ponder that just for a second. That's all. Um, but one thing that I just want to think about with this Sox team right now, because Mac, we talked about it earlier in the conversation, only two and a half, three, three games out. And the fact that we get to play some of those top teams in the division a lot from remaining part of the season. So what are you kind of hoping to see? Obviously more wins, but what are you hoping to see from the team, performance-wise, lineup-wise, as we get down this, like, key stretch of the season, man? 
I want to say one what one of my concerns is first. You okay. didn't have Jose Abreu come out and basically allude to, you know, guys need to be more hungry. And then you just have Johnny Cueto. He made a statement today about guys need to fight if they have it in them. So that, to me, is a little bit concerning because that lets you know it's uh, some players that other players, I feel, are not doing their part and not stepping up. You know what I mean? So that's kind of concerning. And, uh, and real quick, also didn't like the fact that they kept Cueto in a little, little too long in that game yesterday because he was doing well. They kept him in there, and you saw what happened. Yeah, 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 that, 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 I mean, that's one thing you definitely going to get with Tony LaRusso. He, he got that old school mindset. Mm -hmm. He guys to go seven innings, you know what I mean? He won't extend them out as far as he possibly can. But my, I've been optimistic about the White Sox because the division is weak. Like, let's let's be real. If the White Sox was in the East or around. something like that, it, or, or even the West. You know what I mean? It, it would be over. Even though their they record is good enough where they'll still be in the wild card because they're in the wild card right now. I believe they only three games back, some three or four games back, something like that. So I've been very optimistic because Cleveland has holes. Don't get me wrong. The, the Guardians, they have a great pitching staff, but they got one guy in that lineup. And, I mean, this one guy's beating everybody, which is, yeah, he's he a, he a monster, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's he a monster. He definitely is a monster. Very, very lead player. And the Twins, just against good competition, they seem to fold. Like they not the they not the Twins that had Joe Mauer and and uh, uh, Justin Mano and all those guys. It's a, they not not the it, team. What well, the Piranhas? <laughs> yeah, they're not the Piranhas. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's a it's a different squad. So I've been optimistic because of that. To me, what it's going to boil down to. Is this Mankata, Grandel, are they going to step up? And if Grandel and Mankata don't step up with their bats, then I think it's going to be very, very difficult for the White Sox to win the division. And this is from someone who's been saying, even through their struggles, I believe the White Sox is going to win the division. But it's going to be hard for it to happen if we don't get consistent production. Just, I'm not even talking just average production. From Grandel and Yoan Mankata, because both of them are playing below average baseball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If we can just get average baseball from them, I think the White Sox will be much, much, you know, better than what they are now in a better position. And they got to pick up that energy, man. I mean, you you hear when Stoney's talking and he's coming down on the fans. I mean, we, we know the White Sox Twitter, we know they always got something to say, but fans <laughs> are noticing the lack of energy out there, right? And so that's kind of what I'm just kind of hoping that we see a little bit more enthusiasm, man. Because last year, Dub, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the team played with a little bit more swagger last season, man. Oh, they did. And this year, been different, man. And to call it out this late in the season about the swagger not being there that Johnny Cueto said, hey, man, it's concerning. Yeah. I mean, last year, you got to think, like, those guys just had a different mentality. It was like the next man, you know, step up. And they had guys like Goodwin, Brian Goodwin, who was telling people to kick rocks hole and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a fuck you mentality, man. You know, and I know, as Asinine like to say, he called me Mr. Mentality because I talk about it a lot. But to me, that's what separate guys in sports. 
you know, all these guys have the ability to play well or they wouldn't be where they at. They wouldn't get drafted. They wouldn't be the top 1% or whatever in their profession. So all of them have talent. Right. But what separates and, and divide those guys is their mentality. You know, who who are, who is really hungry, who really loves the game, who really has the passion, who's willing to do what it takes to win. And I'm glad, just to go off subject a little bit, I'm glad that younger athletes get to see stuff like the last dance and get to see Derek G, the captain, because now they get to see how that mentality really does make makes a difference and plays an important role in the type of player that you are. But I don't think we're going to see the energy we've seen from last year team. And the reason I say that is because you just have guys that's not really as vocal. I mean, Abreu, even though he's a leader, he's not really vocal. He's not really that guy. He's more of a a quiet guy who's going to go about his business. Um, You don't have – you got Yoan Moncada who even going back to uh, when people thought he was going to be the next phenom, one of the things they said in his scouting reports, and you can read them online if you want to, was that he looks like he goes through the motions. You know, will he ever reach his potential because he goes through the motion? And you got to think with Grandel, he's not really that guy either. You know what I mean? So the only emotional leader you have on the team is Tim Anderson. That's the only guy that gets fired up. And and Jay hates Josh Harrison, but Josh Harrison is, you know, more like a role player, and that's no disrespect to that brother. So right. it's like how much weight he he really going to carry. And on the pitching staff, you got Dylan Cease. He's Dylan, but he's not really a vocal leader. No. Giolito, we know Giolito is really soft, let's be honest. And then uh, I heard you. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got Johnny Cueto, who he might not even be there next year. And Lance Lynn does provide some energy, but he's coming off knee surgery, you know, and trying to work his way back in the game shape. So to be honest, if fans looking for the last year energy, you're not going to get it. Uh, my optimism, optimism, like I said before, is all based on the division being weak. And the fact I feel if guys perform to the way we feel they can perform, the White Sox have the best roster in the division, which having the best roster don't necessarily mean you're going to win because you don't win on paper. And that's the thing here. And I'm glad you said that earlier because we were, I think there was a lot of people, I don't want to speak for you, but there was a lot of people that were anointing this team based off the potential. And that's why I like when you made that comment because on paper, Hey, that was squad. <laughs> and when we saw what happened, you know what I'm saying? Cheat that's Astros, you know, they it did work. You know? yeah. yeah, but I mean, you got to see the difference then, right? Look, just look at that Astros team that beat us in the playoffs, right? Them, they was dogs. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you yeah. got you got Altuve, he's a grinder, mm-hmm. he goes hard, he's not giving away ABs. You got uh, uh Correa at the time. You seen how he was going at the Dodgers, even though he was in the wrong because they cheated. You got mm-hmm. Alex Bregman, who's an absolute dog. Like you got, and you got fucking Dusty Baker. We just seen what he did. You know, he's out there playing 3D chess. You you talking about yeah. one of the smartest managers in the history of the game? This guy here, his guy takes off early on third base. You know what I mean on the tag up. So technically, on a on a uh, 
if if they decide to you know uh, challenge the play, throw the ball over there the third, the guy would have been out. But what 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 does Dusty do? He have one of his guys take off base so he can get tagged out, and because they tagged him out, and instead of challenging, the run still the run stays. Yeah, you yep. know what I mean. So you got to look at the team the White Sox was facing. Like I love my White Sox, I do. I'm a South Side. And I wish they all of them had that South Side mentality. That's why I'm a fan of TA. That's why I go hard for TA. But they don't, bro. Like, I say this, White Sox fans, like, if you just pay attention to White Sox Twitter in general, it's like just so far soft and gentle. Like, you got White Sox fans now saying, I don't want to see the Cubs lose because I don't want my Cubs fan friend to be upset. Like, this is where the fucking fan base is headed. Like, it's just a, a softer, more gentler kind, kind of fan base. It's not the old school throwback fan base. And the team is kind of the same way. We, we're used to scrappy teams who hit bombs. We used to, you know, AJ Przinsky pissing off everybody. Mm -hmm. We used to Carton Fist. We used to, you know... Ozzy Ginn, You know what I mean? Just a, <laughs> just a different mentality. Look at what Ozzy Ginn was saying back in the day. They had cancel him. For what? They tried uh, to cancel him now for some of his commentary. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I think, you know... And, and I say it all the time. White Sox fans, especially now, they judge players more on how they look, like, oh, yo, my kind of swing is sexy, uh, or what their political beliefs are more than how these guys perform on the field. Like, if, mm -hmm. if they feel you look good or they feel, you know, your political beliefs line up with theirs, they good. I mean, that's why they love uh, fucking Giolito, you know what I mean? even though he hasn't really performed well this season, you know what I mean? Even even though he's starting to get a little bit better. So the right. fan base is changing, man. And the team is not – it's not it's – a, it's, a, it's really kind of a soft team, bro. I mean, that's why you have guys coming out saying stuff in the media and kind of letting it be known. It's really not a hardcore team, bro. You got – besides T.A., who is that guy you're going to get passion from? Besides T.A., who is that guy really going to get fired up and, you know what I mean, question some shit, go hard, or, or you know, put a spark plug to something? Who's going to do it? You, Just you him. I mean, shit, if we see a break, you start to say too much that, you know, we really in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, don't say nothing in the media at all. You know? No, he sure don't. Mm -mm, he don't. That's why y'all got clicks, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's saying. Like, I guess, I guess it's kind of a representation of Chicago in a way. You know, it I mean? really is. That team has taken on the persona of the city. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you really think about it, shit. Chicago is really segregated. You know what That's I mean? That's fuck. That's fuck. Yeah. And you feel it, bro. You feel it. I be sometimes yeah. when I be out, and I just look around. I'm just like, boy, it wasn't yeah. like this when I was a shorty. It, it wasn't like this. You know what I'm saying? I knew certain neighborhoods to stay out of, but. Listen, yeah, you, I, 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 feel, I do, but I deal with everybody. But I feel it now. I'm just like, ooh, what's yeah, going you, on out here? You can, you, know? you can feel it. Like you, you can feel it. You know what I mean? It's it, you can't, you can't run from it. You can't. Mm -hmm. have, you only can tell the truth, right? That's you right. know what I mean? I right. think uh, that's one thing about Bad Guy Radio or BGR for short, as we like to call it. A lot of people think uh, I made Bad Guy Radio because it was like, you know, I just wanted to be like a big screw you to everybody or something like that. No, Bad Guy 
radio came from. If you ever watch Scarface, the scene where he was at the dinner table with his wife. Oh, yeah. They had just had okay. an argument or whatever. And at the end, he said, you guys have to pretend to be something you're not. Mm, he said, I don't have that problem. Mm. He said, even when I lie, I tell so, the truth. truth. That's right. Mm -hmm. And see, that's why I created Bad Guy Radio, because it's a lot of people who just want to say what's political, politically correct. They want to be safe. They want everybody to agree with them. And if you don't agree with them, you're the enemy. If you don't have the mm -hmm. same, if a person don't have the same beliefs as you, you want to silence them? No. I don't, I don't view the world in that way. You can have a, a different belief than I have, and I'm mentally strong enough to still listen to you and let you know where I agree with you and where I disagree with you. I'm not trying to silence your voice because of your beliefs. So that's why it's called Bad Guy Radio, because I believe everybody should be heard, even the people that I happen to disagree with. And you know what, Meg, I love that you even brought that up. And I didn't even know that that was even what went behind uh, the name of your network. But when you think about a Scarface, man, what was his whole ideology? He was all about, he only had his word in his balls, right? And he's like, look, I don't break them shits for nobody. And that's one of the things I always say about Mac Dub. And I say, man, this dude right here, he's solid. He ain't going to be easily swayed. And we know a lot of our brethren and fellow sisters out here, sometimes they need to be a little bit more solid. And my yeah. man right here. I don't have no worries with Mac, and that's why he got a home here. And, and listen, I know a lot of other people, they listen to this show. And I know sometimes y'all get a little upset when I try to take my little subliminals. But I, if y'all listening to this, just hear from your boy Prez. We got to stop letting people from outside of this community interrupt what we're doing in our community. We got to get back to being who we were when we were together. Because those folks don't care about you. Yeah. Stop Absolutely. pretending to be alone to places where you don't belong. Stop trying to fit into places where you don't belong. Absolutely, man. You know, it's uh, it's funny you say that because, you know, uh, when I first started BGR, I was inviting every brother I can think of. You know what I mean? And I'm not a person that goes, like, you have some people, they click a person bio to see how many followers they mm -hmm. got. And then the more followers they got, they really want them on their show because they feel like it'll bring them more followers and all that. I'm not one of those guys. I don't, if you was a brother or a sister and you was doing something, or you wasn't doing nothing, but you just want your voice to be heard, I put you on BGI. I didn't care if you had one follower or 100,000 followers. That's how I seen. I was like, you know what? I want my brothers and sisters to be heard. I'm going to put them on my program. Let's go. Let's ride. Some brothers and sisters was like, hey, I'm a, hey, and I, personally, I don't care, but I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man that believe in law. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I pride myself on that. That's how I grew up. That's how I came up. My father always taught me that. So you have people be like, oh, we're going to put you on the show, bro, and the shit never materialized. And I didn't ask because mm -hmm. I don't I do not do that. You know what I mean? I judge people on if you're going to keep your word or not. You know what I mean? But you said something that's true. We have to stop thinking that our community is not enough. Right. Like, we have to go out there and placate and please everyone else. You'll have brothers who will big up everyone else stuff, but they won't even big up their own brother stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And you will have brothers 
that'll believe what somebody else say that's not even from the community about their own brother and stop messing with their brother because of that. And that's fucking sad. Yep. And that's the truth. My grandmother, she taught me this one, Mac. She's like, listen, you want to see who them people are in that grass when that shit real low? Oh, yeah. And hey. I see you. And it's cool. Because yeah. now, A-Dub, what happened this week? We were viral. Now I got people coming out of the woodworks, bigging us up. I'm like, I ain't heard from you in a year. Where you been? Yeah. That's, we- that's, how, that's how it's going to be. But you know what, bro? Just let them ride the wave, bro. You know the truth. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Let them... Let them ride the wave, man. I, I, you know what I mean? My, my squabbles is, you know, I save my squabbles for, you know, people who really out there trying to do harm to the community or something like that. I, I don't, I don't, I will not squabble with a brother or sister online. As a matter of fact, I use a video clip or something to let you know what I think. I'll be like, this is a sick Negro or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I see what you do. But, I, but, I, <laughs> I'm, not finna, but I'm not finna uh, be squabbling with a brother or sister online. And I always enjoy the work you guys do. It's funny. I was just talking to Justin about that. I said, man, when I had the Bears Central on, it's uh, uh, a white dude, Michael, whatever his name is. Oh, H- Michael Noss. Yeah. Michael Noss, yeah. You know what I mean? And he started listening to BGR because I had you guys on. And I always, you know, appreciate how you guys talked about the Bears and the fact y'all were one of the few only brothers uh, bears podcast so i'm always big up for big up y'all for that and, and actually i learned a lot from y'all where it's not you, you know your s- social media following is really not that important you can have 5000 followers but only if 50 people of those 5000 followers only support you what the hell does the what does it matter 5000 followers mean yeah. you know what I mean and i learned that from you brothers so I always gonna give respect to you guys, man. And I and I wish, you know, I, I face it on White Sox Twitter. You know what I mean? It's like brothers wanna be where it's popular at. You uh-huh. know, you know right. they wanna they wanna fit in. You know what I mean? So even I, I've had brothers from White Sox Twitter on my podcast that no other podcast would have them on. Or even support their material. Mm-hmm. But they would rather fit in with that group instead of supporting their own brother and we coming together and working together. You know what I mean? I even had one brother tell me, say, well, just because he's a brother, does that mean I should believe him? But you won't say that about nobody else. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> but we but we the only ones that's like that with each other. It, it's, it's a sickness, right. like you said, and, and it's sad, bro. It's sad. Yeah, we are. You know, we we, we are. And that's and that's one reason, like I said, man, I we've gotten into the habit as a community of letting people who we feel are our friends, and particularly liberals, and I'm not letting any conservatives off the hook or anything like that, but particularly liberals, they feel like they're so comfortable with our community that they can tell us what's good for us. They can tell us who we should be dealing with, who we shouldn't be dealing with. And that's why on BGR, I made it a habit of dealing with people who people think should be outcasted and not allowed to speak and not allowed to have a voice or an opinion, even if I disagree with them. Because to me, Martin Luther King said it best. He said, if you only read material that agrees with your world viewpoint, how are you growing? You're not. <laughs> so you should read stuff that goes against 
your beliefs, just to see why other people think the way they do, or just to grow in general, just to have a more well-rounded worldview or viewpoint. You know what I mean? And that's how I go about my life. You know what I mean? And I'm always going to big up my brothers. I'm always going to big up my sister. I'm not, I'm not going to squabble with them, though. I'm not going to really squabble with them in public because my, grand, my grandmother used to have a saying. I remember one time me and my brother was fighting for the neighbors to see. You know what I mean? And <laughs> she pulled us in to the side. She said, don't you ever in your life let people see you fighting your brother outside of this family. You keep oh. family business inside. In That's right. That's how I'm always. But see, and, and Maxie Mac, he's that truth. He get me out because I don't even <laughs> want to talk about the White Sox anymore. I got so much to shit. I got so much to say because he right, man. You got to keep family business, family business. I agree. We don't, we don't do that no more. You yeah. think about what our ancestors did for us to even have the ability to do what we're fucking doing right now. See, I don't take that shit lightly, bro. Well, me and Dub, and, you, and we appreciate the compliments you gave us, but, man, building that platform over there, that wasn't easy. But we did it. Mm-hmm. We got a network deal. That wasn't easy. We weren't supposed to have that deal. We the only minorities on that network over there. We still killing it, right? But what me and Dub do over here, we created another lane for ourselves. We was like, well, shit, man. We did that with one team. Why don't we go out here and do the Chicago sports landscape? Yeah. And now we credential. See, the thing is, people... Don't like to see cats like me and Doug because, bro, we quiet, we execute, we get shit done. Then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, I thought they, I didn't know they podcast no more. Hey, the loudest niggas in the room are the dumbest niggas in the room. <laughs> that's that's uh, my man uh, <laughs> from American Gangster said that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a true statement, bro. You know, but that's why I always, and I say this, every brother I know uh, or that I see doing something, my mic, my house, my door is always open to them. You know what I mean? And I don't uh, get involved with the, the back and forth because to me, the way I grew up, it's enough money for everybody. It sure is, and, right? You know, sure if, you, if you ever come from the streets or did any hustle or anything like that, if everybody eats, everybody tends to stay loyal. Of course, you're going to have your one here and there, but generally speaking, if everybody's eating, everybody is happy. You know what I mean? So to me, it's not about who got the bigger following and all that petty right. shit. Like, you right. know, it's about coming together, doing something righteous for the community and showing that we as brothers and sisters can work together. Like, all of this means nothing if you ain't doing anything to help anybody else if you're just doing this for yourself and it's uh-huh. like me 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 then you ain't gonna get nothing out of the deal at least for me that's not that's not fulfilling you know what i mean i like to you know uh see my community as a whole doing well i, I want to see everybody eat you know what i mean like like i say right. you know you got people oh i, I got on a pair of gucci slides i don't want to see this guy with some gucci slides oh no i want to see everybody yeah, well, listen, we all Gucci. That's the way I yeah. see it. But, yeah, you know, right. one of the things with us, Mac, and you probably remember this, man. When we first got on the scene, bro, during the pandemic, man, we, we giving out prizes, man. We trying to, we was yeah. trying to bring, you that know, was. I felt like we brought a vibe to Bear Twitter, right? But yeah. when I saw the ugly side, I said, no, nah, man, we good on this, man. Let's go work with these shorties now. So now what me and Dub doing? We in the schools now. 
We put yeah. our resources to good work. Now, let's go over here, help these shorties get some supplies for school. Let's help these underprivileged kids have Christmas gifts that they normally ain't going to get. Mm-hmm. See, that's right. what we're doing over here with our platform. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that's, that's big, man. You know, it's like I was telling somebody else, I believe. It's like, man, you should want to get to the point where you have a building, since you like podcasting or whatever. You have a building, a studio. Where you can bring in young brothers and they can intern, young brothers and sisters, they can intern, they can work your soundboards, they can set up your mics, they can learn how to do podcasting themselves. And, you know, you could be pulling kids off the street, you know, where they busy and not doing a whole bunch of uh, nonsense, man. And that's what it's all about. It's about seeing the big picture, man. That's why I don't get involved with just nonsense, bro. I don't get involved with petty stuff, you know what I mean? Like, like, like to me, that it, it, some of the stuff that goes on is just it don't it don't need to go on, man. And it and it and it could be avoided if people, you know, put their egos to the side and realize that it, it's it's bigger than them. You know what I mean? Like like uh, my man said on training day, this shit is bigger than me. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that's how you got to look at it, man. And I and like I said, what y'all did on the Bears Essential was great, man. I mean, it's still great. Like, y'all giving away prizes. Y'all was doing the, you know, the uh, tournament stuff, too, as well. I mean, y'all y'all did a lot of good things, and y'all did offer a lot to Bears Twitter. Like, what I've learned now, I don't even squabble with people, right? People bring up my name, and I never bring up their name. So right. you, that's, that's joy to me, that a person <laughs> you hate means so much to you. So that just let me know who I am as a person and who you are as a person. And I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I, I, I told Justin that, like, I don't even, we're doing solid, but I don't even look at the numbers because I don't care because I don't want the numbers to control me. I want to be able to still say what's on my mind regardless of who's listening. If I have one person, that listens to me, that's still special because that one person took an hour out of their day. Uh-huh. They could be doing anything mm-hmm. else in the world and they listen to what I had to say. That's yeah. special to me. You well, know see, what I mean? Well, see, now, Mac, that, that, that draws me to a conversation you and I had and, and Mac hit me up once and he was just like, man, he said, um, how y'all do it without doing all the social media engagement? And I had to tell him, I was like, look, Mac, Word of mouth, baby, still wins and reigns supreme. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But if the numbers, though, to me and Dub, it don't matter, man. I mean, we, we do well, but if, if we had two people listen to the show, that's still two people that's listening to this message, and I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think a lot of times, Mac, what it comes down to is ego, and mm-hmm. we got to all drop that shit. You know what I'm saying? We, yes. we can't take this shit too serious, man. It's just me and Dub and you. We just having a conversation, bro. <laughs> that's yeah. all this is but some people man they take these platforms and it's like man you can't come over there here now huh man relax <laughs> it's supposed to be fun like yeah, for me bro I, I work i work a nine to five job man when i get on this microphone with my brother dub man this is like my chance to like kick back and kind of like let my work day out you know what i'm saying at the bar you yes, know? yes sir. like it's like at the barbershop or whatever the case may be yeah. you know what I mean? in the backyard on the front porch you know how we do in yeah, Chicago, yeah, you know, yeah. chopping up. Chopping and, up. Yeah, Definitely vibe, man. Domino, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and the most important thing to me is you have a voice, right? It, it used to be so long, a long, a long time ago, you know, 
the brothers ain't have a voice about the Bears. You know, not publicly, where people can speak no. out and say what they got to say. You brothers right. have a voice. That's the most important thing. Yeah, sure. It's nice, you know what I mean, to look and see that people are paying attention to you. But the most important thing is you have a voice and you get to broadcast it out there to the world so people can know what you think about your favorite team or people can know what you think right. about what's going on in your community. And that's why I don't really get wrapped up in that stuff because what happens if you do, then you turn it into a competition thing. And I never want to look at my brothers as it is a competition. I never want to get to the point well, I'll be like, oh, man, I ain't talking to my brothers. Ain't nobody listening to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to get to that fucking point, man. So, <laughs> the most important thing to me is being able to talk to my brothers and sisters, being able to open up my platform to people who other people are trying to silence because they don't agree with their politics or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Like, they can still come on and talk sports. And and that's how I am, man. I'm not I'm not one of these weak minded motherfuckers out here, man. <laughs> who feel like you know what I mean because you disagree with me because you don't like what I say. I should hate you. I should want to get rid of you. Your voice shouldn't be heard. No, your voice should be heard. Your voice matters, even if I disagree with you. And guess what? I'm gonna give you an opportunity. To come on, we can chop it up. I can tell you why I disagree. You can tell me why you disagree. And then we still can, you know, have a, a, a motherfucking shot of scotch or something, you know, right. I mean? whatever the case may be, you know, so. No, and I, and I, but, but you know what? I just feel like that's just where we are in these times, man. Like for me, fuck the politics. It's just like people can't sit down and have a conversation anymore. They'd rather go out to a nap and air family business mm -hmm. instead of picking up a phone and saying, bro, that shit you did over there was fuck shit. Can we sit down and talk about it? But no, yeah. we want to air each other out for clout, for likes. And then I'm like looking at the person. I'm like, well, you feel better after you did that? That don't change the situation. And and this is the most of what I look at. I'm going to be honest. I look at people who egg the shit on. You know what I mean? I'm okay. Y'all yeah. aired out family business fine. But I'm in, I'm what I'm looking for is in the comments of motherfuckers who egging the shit on. Because you know what? Then the people I want to get far, far the fuck away from. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So that's what I look for, bro. I'm not, I don't squabble really with anybody, but I will, you know what I mean? If you somebody outside of the community and you get disrespectful, I will try to put my fucking foot on your throat. I'm not going to lie about that. And I had, uh, I seen no, you do it. I seen you do it. And I had, I had no issues uh, doing it. You know, mm -hmm. it, just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But as far as working, I, I definitely want to work with my brothers and sisters and like I said, I give anybody a voice on my platform because everybody deserves to be heard, man. Everybody deserves to have a different perspective. And I think that's one thing, like politically, that happens with our community, right? And, and, and not saying you should be liberal or conservative. It's right. just one side has been drowned out of our community so much and even to our detriment. And that's why, you know what I mean, they don't take us serious on the liberal side is because they know they can count on us to do their fucking bidding. And we've been trained just to go that route for so fucking long that really it's like, we're, uh, we, that's why we're not appreciated. You know what I mean? So it's good to have different voice to maybe open up a different mind to why a person 
thinks the way they think or why maybe you your ideology actually might line up with theirs on some issues you know what i mean and it's like uh the the brother uh uh who got killed in chicago the black panther brother uh, oh, talking about fred hampton fred hampton yeah he went and talked to the kkk mm-hmm. he didn't try to silence him he went to talk to them because they were poor some of them was poor, just like some of the brothers and sisters. And he felt like with the government thing, it was some things that they could work on together. He didn't let the fact that they disliked him because of the color of his skin or whatever the case may be going on. He didn't let that get in the way of business or trying to accomplish something. Hey, we don't see eye to eye on this, but maybe... I don't like you, you don't like me, but maybe we can work together on getting something accomplished for both of our communities, for our people. And that's the thing as like black folks, we get involved in emotions where business doesn't have anything to do with emotions. No, you don't. can do business with people that you don't like or that don't like you because it's about fathering an agenda or a goal. And that's what we have to get into and stop letting people play on our emotions. And the easiest way to play on our emotions, like we letting people tell us what somebody else is and it shouldn't be that. And not only that, we're allowing them to play off our hurt and our pain. And our trauma. For their gains, exactly. And our trauma for their gains. And we have to stop that. Well, see, a lot of us was brought up on the whole ideology of the lesser of two evils. I mean, when I was coming up, my grandma, my mom, and my grandma was from Jim Crow South. She was always pushing that in my ear, like, well, you know, they care more about us than them. And I'm still up here as I get older. I'm like, none of these motherfuckers care about me. <laughs> what, is the, what is the lesser of two evil, right? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> when you think it, about it. <laughs> is it best to have somebody who had their feelings about you? Would you rather deal with somebody that had their feelings about you? Or would you rather deal with somebody that said, hey, man, you know what? It's really fuck you. But we can right. work together on this. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. I'd rather have I'd rather have the guy that's not a snake or the or the woman that's not a snake. I'd rather work with the person that's not a snake than the one that is a snake. And, and that's why we have to get out of that ideology where they act like they like us. Who give a fuck? Right. It's an act. Right. You know what I mean? It's that about <laughs> who's gonna help us father the agenda of our community and not their agenda. Like a lot of shit that's being pushed politically has absolutely nothing to do with us. You know what I mean? A lot of it has to do with what they're trying to father. We, we, we getting involved in their fights. None of this shit going to make Inglewood better. None of this shit going to make Chatham better. None, none no. of this shit they talking about is going to make, make our community better. It's all social shit that has to do a lot with them and don't have anything to do with what's going on in Inglewood, what's going on in Chatham? What's going on? Why these young brothers and sisters out here trying to eliminate each other? What's going on with this fucking self hate? We gotta, right. we gotta uh, wake up, man. You know, and I mean, and we talk about that on this show to a degree, probably more on pulling back the curtain. But all the money that was donated in 2020 when George Floyd was murdered was supposed to go to our communities. I drive right. to new communities often, and a goddamn thing changed. She's exactly. still the same way. No resources. Got kids that still don't have internet. 
got kids still out here on the street because they think that that's the only way that they're going to get them a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. What happened to all that money? Yeah. Those are the people that right. said they cared about us, but what happened? No accountability. No. And we have to get out of this individualism thing, too, that we've been taught. Like, we've been taught being an individual and doing things on your own is the way to go, right? And that never really worked well with us as a community. And I'm not downing the civil rights movement. I'm not saying it wasn't a success or anything like that. But one of the things before the civil rights movement that really kind of helped our community is we was... I don't want to say forced to work together, but we had to work. Well, we together. were forced to work together. Yeah, it was that, alternative. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. So we had to work together. And that's one reason why you've seen uh, Black businesses thriving and stuff in that era, because we had to support each other, because that's the only way we can get the products that we needed or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So we had to develop that mindset again, like, you know what? I'm going to work with my brother. I'm going to work with my sister. You know what? I'm going to uh, put the time in. You know what I mean? It, it makes no sense if I don't reach back and lift somebody else up. If they don't reach back and lift somebody up. That's how it all should be. And that's the one kind of frustrating thing I have with some of the athletes. And it's not all on them. It's like I said, how we was uh, brought up just mentally wise. You know what I mean? They should be big up in guys like is essential and they you know not saying that they owe you anything but they should feel like have some sort of gratitude to the community to uplift people from their community and big up them because if you do that what happens is you make it where you don't have to go talk to some of these other people who really don't like you anyway and you can go speak to your brothers and sisters and guess what big up they platform like T.A., he's struggling or whatever the case may be going on or, you know, he just want to get out a word to his people. He should be able to jump on any one of our platforms. And that's how it should be, man. You know, that's why we don't have our own media markets and all that, because we don't work together good enough to accomplish those things. We don't have the unity. And and you know what, though? But, but that's why we're going to change that, man. That's why we created Chicago State of Mind, because – when we're out there in the press conferences, when we out there in them scrums, we wanted a few that yeah. look like all of us on this show right here. And we trying to bridge that gap. I want to bring little shorties, man, that's coming up to want to get in the media game. Dub and I, we have a dream. We, like, listen, I don't want to be out here driving around to all these different damn events. I want to bring other cats on so they can do that for us on our behalf. So you have more of right. our faces out here in the media. So to your point, Mac, that media narratives, that bullshit that we've seen out here when it comes to pro athletes, that's mm. just changing under our watch. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, if you won't be with that stupidity, you ain't going to do that on the Chicago State of Mind. Because we're not about jamming folks up. I know you're not about that on your platform either. We've had the, the pleasure of being able to chop it up with Patrick Williams from the Bulls. As soon as I walk up, number love. See, these cats, they will rock with us. They don't know that we out here. And it's because we're not in the rooms because who they used to dealing with. They used to dealing with the papers. They used to dealing with mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's why, why we when they crap on though. So they don't what? have to deal with them. That's that's the point. It's like if you go to your community, mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with them. Right? right. Only time you have to deal with them is it's a, if it's a contractual situation. Mandatory. You have mm-hmm. to speak to them. Right. But other right. than that, 
you can come to your community. And guess what? It's even special because you help build it up. Right. And that's one of the things I want to do with BGR, right? It's a it's an explosion of black baseball going on on the South Side. With it the sure is. And I mean, they just playing the game and a lot of them getting drafted. It's like, man, I want to connect with those young guys. Hey, come on, BGR. Hey, get other black baseball players that's around the league to come on BGR. Like, it's a chance for y'all to build something, not just for me, but for y'all sales, where y'all can go talk to y'all community anytime y'all want. Y'all don't have to worry about somebody trying to drive a narrative right. to sell a fucking story or to get clicks or whatever the case may be. Like, you can just come on there and be yourself. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You don't have to put on your job interview voice. You can talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. That's, we don't, and we're the only people to feel like we got to do that anyway. Yeah, like, anyway, hey, I, yeah. Even though <laughs> everybody else try to make money off our slang, it's funny. Don't yeah. they? Don't they? Ain't that funny? <laughs> you know, but they, they, they look, they jack the culture, but we don't want to have the culture no more. Yeah, but we don't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, we got, we got to get out of that. So that's why, man. I, I support, you know, uh, brothers like yeah, man. And I, I watch what y'all do, and you know, I, like I said, I learned a lot from you guys. And what y'all did with y'all platform. And, you know, I'm going to continue to do that, man. I'm going to continue to support all the brothers I can. I'm going to continue to give people a voice, man. That's, mm -hmm. what, it, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and and I enjoy, you know, you, you brothers are real. I enjoy coming on you guys' platform, whether, you know, it's the uh, Pulling Back the Curtains, right. this podcast, whatever it is, you know what I mean? I'm, you you give me an invite, I'm there. I'm going to make sure I'm there. Because I want to make sure, you know, that uh, I'm being true to my word. That I right. ain't talking out of both ends. Uh, you know, I ain't talking out of my mouth and my ass. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> I, that, I, that I'm, I'm keeping it 100, you know what I mean? And, and, all, and all the way real. No, and, I, I mean? and, and I appreciate that. But I, I, I just love the the last part of this conversation because you talked about, I think we, this conversation just kind of went around the horn and I liked it because it was all organic. But one of the things that we have to do is a lot of us, we talk about we got to work together. We got to support each other. But I think it's the, just the basic premise of this conversation is this, this is three brothers that actually respect and love each other. We got to get back to that before we can think about doing anything else, just on a basic level. Yeah, no right. self-hate, man. And no self-hate. Yeah, no self-hate, man. I, I look at it, like I say, I told my wife this. I look at my brothers as my brothers and my sisters as my sisters. And like I said, I won't squabble. I'm not squabbling with a brother or a sister. But you say something to me, I will let you know just in a way. Like, hey, what you doing is kind of out of pocket. And it's I'm not going to put on the show for mm -hmm. these people. You know what I mean? So, I, like I said, I'd just be like, that's a sick Negro. i just put out a <laughs> video clip, man, you know. Or, or, or I use, you know, I'm not going to be so, so social, be able to socialize everybody out of this damn uh uh predicament you know what i mean mm -hmm. some people are just gonna have to stay sleep for good yep yep you know what I mean? so yep and that's, that's the way it is. It, it, that is the way it is but man before we get out of here because i would be remiss if, if we didn't just touch on this briefly i know our audience i told y'all he's bringing brother mac on here to talk about the white Sox, but we got a lot of stuff going on here at roquan smith and mac we had him on our dbe show last season 
And you know, he said some 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 great takes uh when it comes to Roquan uh dub. So I want to get right. your thoughts on, on this situation with Roquan. I mean, I've been at Hallis Hall for like the last two <laughs> weeks and I've seen a lot of nonsense like up close and personal, but I want to get your thoughts on it before I kind of give a couple little nuggets. Well, you know, I first of all, I take a lot of heat from Mankata stands. <laughs> I take a lot of heat from Grandel stands. And I took some heat. Even my own boy on 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 the BGR, Justin and uh, Junior, they gave it to me about Roquan Smith. I take a lot of heat for Roquan Smith. So once again, I'm not saying I got to repeat this. I'm not saying Roquan Smith is not a good player. All I'm saying is, as a Bears fan, when it comes to the middle linebacker position, I'm used to seeing greatness. I didn't get to see Dick Buckers, but I seen. Uh, YouTube video on him. I seen uh, you have all the old heads talking about how good he was. You know he's he's ranked in every top one hundred player there ever was. So you know he's he was great. Mike Singletary. I got to see a little bit of Mike Singletary. You know he was great. I got to see all of Brian Erlacher. And even though Brian Erlacher pissed me off because he let the bus run him over at the goal line and he let uh, Aaron Rodgers tackle him in the NFC Championship game, Brian Erlacher was a great player. Roquan, he's a notch below those guys. Not saying he's good, but I'm just saying Bears was generally overhyping him because he was racking up a lot of tackles, true enough, but how many of those tackles were for losses? How many of those tackles changed the game? How many, you know, turnovers did he create? So the numbers was good, but how impactful were those numbers? So people got mad at me for saying that, and I say it again. I like Roquan. But I'm not giving this man what what the fuck 25 million or whatever this ridiculous number that's coming out now 22 23 million. It's about 22 23. Yeah. yeah, I'm not paying that man 22 23 million, and I'm not here to count the brother pockets. If the Bears give him to him, <laughs> I salute. But I'm just saying, me personally, I hope he get his money. He a brother. I hope he get his money. But as a Bears fan, he don't match up with the greatness I'm used to at that position. He doesn't. And this four-page letter he wrote, you know, rest in peace to Aaliyah, but the man wrote a damn four-page letter about how he feel the Bears was treating him, and then, really, Pose was doing, treating him fair, really, honestly. He was making it where he could still get paid and not practice. And you go out there and write a four-page letter and shoot yourself in the foot. I, I don't quite understand it. Roquan did some shady stuff in the past with, with the Bears. He had so-called mental issues and stuff like that. And mental mental health is serious. Not taking anything yep. away. But I'm an old school guy. You're talking about a guy who grew up looking up to the Michael Jordans of the world, looking up to uh, Derek Jeter, stuff like that. Hardcore players. I, I love Kobe Bryant mentality. Serena Williams, et cetera. But if you're a team and you don't know where a guy is with his head all the time on a consistent basis, do you really want to guarantee that much money and you don't know at any time what can happen? People have to be realistic. And I know everybody is against all the owners. I'm not necessarily with the owners. 
But you also got to be realistic and be like, would you put your money? If it was your money, would you spend that type of money on that type of play? When I say this, man, a couple things here. We know Roquan representing himself, right? So whatever he puts out there, he ain't getting no agent advice. He's doing his own thing, right? So to be in a room like that, to be able to try to negotiate your own contract, speaks a lot of volume right there in itself. Like, damn. Now, when you talk about money, right, I can't speak too much highly on the money piece of because let's one, let's take into consideration there's inflation. Maybe in this time, you know what I'm saying, 25 million, it does take a lot of money, but we talk about billionaires and all this stuff, right? How much money they're paying in the inflation part of it, right? That's a big difference because what's first what these players make. So mm -hmm. this guy can look at his play and say, okay, what I've been doing for the Bears, my play these last couple of se seasons has been phenomenal. You can call it that, hey, it wasn't worth or whatever. I, I get what you're saying, Mac, with that about how you decide the topics and all that stuff. But he still put in work, right? Who else mm -hmm. done that job? Who else put that work in, right? Compared to the rest of the league, who all put that work in at that position? This guy's one of the best at doing it. Now, again, when it comes to money, I'm not in a negotiations room. That's why it's called negotiation and tactics, right? You try to get the most you can at this time when you're playing in, at a high level, right? Your body is what gets you paid. This is mm -hmm. what's getting paid, what he does out there on the field. You heard the players talk about it, right? About how much of a leader he is. So we got to also take into consideration some of the intangibles too, right? How the players okay. look at him. So we just can't look at, oh, the tackle sort of the intangibles too. So is he really worth the money? It's not really from you and I to decide really per se, but for what I see, man, this guy's put a lot of work. Hmm. Well, so one thing I was going to say when, when Mac was speaking, we talked about it earlier in the conversation when it, when it comes to emotions. And what I look at in this situation right now, while I think that Roquan should have an agent, I know yeah. there's some people that are big up in him because they're like, oh, man, don't give up your 3 or 4%. But sometimes it's worth it to give up that 3 or 4%. And this is one of those yeah. situations why it is. Because yep. he is getting emotional because he's putting himself in a position where he's looking at it like, I've done all this for the organization. I've done this. I've done this. This is why you need to have that buffer in the room. Right. That's mm. going to get in between your emotions and what <laughs> the bottom line is. And the bottom line is, I agree with what both of you guys said. These owners are looking at these salaries now, and they're like, these salaries are just continuing to be record-setting deals, record-setting deals. They're looking at him like, you're a good player, but are you a great player? Are you a transcendent player? Mm -hmm. Should we right. give you a record-setting deal? Mm -hmm. And it seems like Ryan Poles has told you the answer to that. <laughs> and that's why Ro Roquan a little emotional right now. And, Mac, you brought up a really good point because I was there. They, they they put him on the pup list. They did him a solid. My man been able to yeah. chill. Yeah. Yep. Now, they're like, oh, that's how you want to play it? Cool. <laughs> now we remove your ass off that pup list, and mm -hmm. we're going to start finding your ass. And you ain't going to get paid. Finding and you get you losing money double ways. You know, all right. because of your mouth. Where that 3 to 4% <laughs> save is going? <laughs> hey, exactly. Emotional for no reason. And like I said, I like Roquan. I do. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't like the guy. I think he's a good football player. Mm -hmm. I, I just think, you know, um, to me, like I look at the Bears and I'm like, when has Roquan ever been the best player on that defense in his tenure? You know, like you can make an yeah. argument like when Bo Jack was doing his thing at safety, he was the best player on the defense. So you, Khalil Mack, was the best player on the defense. And then last year, the guy who right. I put on the back of a milk cart, he was the best, <laughs> the best for, for his 2020 uh, season. 
Yeah, 20, yeah, he was the best player on that defense. So when has Roquan really ever been the yeah. best player on that defense? Yeah. You know? I, I think when like, I think about a Roquan, I think that you just got to look at the fact that he's been a leader on this team. I talk about it a lot on both platforms. Yeah. That defense last year decided not to show up for the OTAs. Roquan was the only guy from the defense that showed up. And so I think that he's purporting himself pretty well. And I know his rookie year, he had some, some shortcomings there. I'm not going to speak to those things, but it was some weird things that were going on around Roquan. I feel like the organization helped him out with those things. But when I'm looking at this situation right here, this has the potential to be ugly now because Roquan made it public. I don't think yes. Ryan Poe's like that. I don't know my – I know Ibrahim Flutes don't like it because he want him out there on the practice field. Y'all know he want him out there. So right now you got the yep. organization looking at him sideways, like, what you doing? <laughs> and I think Roquan kind of stepped in it a little bit. And that's why my thing is I'm not criticizing him for wanting to get his money. He should have had him a goddamn agent. That's mm. it. Yeah. And Perez, that's a very good point, man, <laughs> because this is where agents can say, hey, man, remain silent. Let me handle this here, right? And we can move forward in silence, right, and try to get a deal done. And to the next point, I want to just maybe I piggyback on, I agree with you, Matt. Roquan isn't some of those other graces like Dick Buckers that you talked about. So I don't want to let that go to wayside. I totally hear you, man. I was just think in this circumstance this year, he got to move a little bit differently if he's trying to get paid. All right. I hear you, brother. I hear you. I just wonder how it's going to end. I mean, what, what they going to do? Are they going to come a compromise, $18 million a year? I just wonder where the number's going to fall. Because yeah. Paul say, already said his intent is for this man to be here. Well... I just think if the Bears want to put their foot on his on his throat, they can't because they ain't got to give him no money right now. He under contract. Well, they got all the leverage. <laughs> That's true, exactly. And I think more organizations need to do that. I mean, when you think, I mean, look at the NBA right now. I think Kevin Dur Kevin Durant he's learning that a little bit. It's like, hey, you got no leverage. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Once you sign that deal, it is. It is what it is, man. Well, we got we got your asses for four more years. <laughs> right. That's we unrealistic. If you if you I if you're an owner or something, if you're a business owner or something, you run it. That's just the way it is. You know what I mean? You either owner or an employee. And if you're an employee, right. it is what it is, you know. Oh shit, that's perfect. Hey, I can't even say it any better than that. Well, Matt, <laughs> I appreciate you for coming on, man. I know we 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 went we went long on this one, but man, we appreciate you for for, for your time. Talk to us about um, some of your shows, man. Before you get out of here, man, I know you kind of breezed through them in the opening, but I want to make sure people know how to how to link with y'all, how to find your show. Yeah, on, on Twitter we uh, at the Bad Guy Radio. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, iHeart Radio, any streaming service you can think of, we on there. We have uh, the Black and White, which basically focus a lot more on the White Sox. Sometimes we talk Bears and Bulls. We had a No Flodging podcast. That's with me, Justin, Asinine, and Dre. Uh, we talk uh, Bulls as well. We talk Bears. We talk anything, all sports. And sometimes we get into some cultural stuff. We have... Uh, the Sox fans with attitude. The name speaks for itself right there. You know, that's mostly White Sox talk. We had a smoke room, and the smoke room is uh, just me. And normally I have a guest on or something, and I, 
I give them a chance to go back and forth with me or we just talk about any subject dealing with sports or the culture. And then at the end of the show, they get a chance to hand out smoke to whoever they want to hand out smoke to. Sometimes they hand it out to me. It's, it's whatever. It's cool. <laughs> and, and then, you know, all my podcast made is, is Mr. Whiskey. We do Off the Plantation. That's more of a political uh, show. And then we have um, uh, Spook Jess. We got uh, Ken Wu or Ken W.O., as he liked to call himself. We got Junior, Justin, Dre, and Asinine, and that, that's who fill up all the shows right there. Well, hey, man, that's what's up, man. But, hey, once again, we appreciate you for coming on the show. Man, it's always a pleasure. We already know, <laughs> but I want our audience over here on this platform to realize, man, that you are a real one. We rock with you, man, and that conversation. We knew this one today. I was like, man, it ain't going to be on rundown. We just going to get on here and talk. And I love this conversation, man. We, I feel like we hit the ball to all fields. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> appreciate you, man. All right. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. Like I say, you always got an open mic in my house when y'all want to come on. And uh, and when it comes to the Bears, you already know I'll be hitting you guys up, you know, for my Bears information or to talk Bears with you guys. And, and then also the Bulls should be interesting, too. So you never know. We might step into that, you know what I mean? Talk a little Zach Levine, a little DeMar DeRozan, you know, and, and hopefully Ball sure. can get healthy, you know what I mean? And stay healthy, so. Well, you just let us know, man. We we credential for all them teams, man. If you, if you want some inside nuggets, hit us up. We got you. I definitely will be hitting you up, man. <laughs> all right, my man. All right, my brother, man. It's a pleasure, brother. It was good talking to you. All right. All right, now. Stay up. Peace, man. Dope. That was dope, man. That was dope. Yeah, yeah. man. Nice to have Mac on, man. Mac handle that business. Appreciate him, man. Bro, he always, he always bring, he always handle that business. And listen, man, I, I know for our listeners, they probably was like, man, y'all went off into all type of subject matters. And I think that sometimes, while you guys come to this show to listen to us talk about sports, yeah, I know ninety five percent of what y'all come to, well, probably ninety eight percent of what y'all come to is that. Hey, there's some times in life, and y'all know we do a little bit of that on the back end of the show, but we also talk about relevant things as well. And so I thought the conversation we had today was important because there's so much division in the world, and especially <laughs> within our own race. And sometimes, man, it just troubles me that I wish that we were better to each other. While Mac was like, man, we got to work together. Sometimes that's impossible, man, when people have so much self-hatred, they have their own egos and ideals a dub in the mix so it's kind of hard to work with someone when you don't have that common ground or that respect to even kick off any sort of a relationship or partnership which is sad yeah it is sad press and you got to think about the fact that they don't want to look at it from different perspectives right and everyone wants to be right sometimes it's not about being right sometimes it's about hey respecting all perspectives like mac was saying and when you can't even do that for us makes it even tougher bro now, we hope you enjoyed it Every once in a while, we're going to mix it up like we did today. Like I said, man, A-Dub and I, we are two Southside African-American male. We grew up in the city. So there's a lot of things that are near and dear to us. So we love our Chicago sports team, yes. But we also love our communities. We love all communities. But we also touch on our inner city Southside community. And, and some of the things that we see right now, we're not happy with. We hope that those conditions are better, man. So if this city could talk, I just hope that we all learn how to bridge our collective gaps. Doesn't matter what side you're on, what aisle you're on politically, let's learn how to sit down with people and understand where people are coming from because not one person in this world has all the answers. There's something that Dub has that I need. There's something that I have that I can give him information-wise. That's why we bring this thing together collectively. 
because we're better and stronger together, as we always say. That shouldn't just be a buzzword. That should be the way that we should be. We got to stop having all these fucking buzzwords. So we got to actually start living to what we're saying out here. So if this city can talk, we got to learn how to just like shut out the noise, do the work, and let's just be better. I like that, Perez. Definitely. A lot we can learn from each other, man. And you're right. We all can be stronger together. If this city can talk, I, I got to show Joyce Kenner some love from Whitney Young High School, the principal who decided to step down. And Ricky Harris, the assistant principal, will be taking over. I want to say to Joyce, thank you for your contributions to the, to the school. I thought you did a fantastic job at Whitney Young. And hey, I salute those things that you've done. And I'm quite sure Ricky Harris is going to do an even better job as well to take on those responsibilities. So the city can talk. We salute to New Blood. We also salute to those who actually put that work in. Yeah, I mean, that's great, man, because she's done a, a tremendous job with just elevating uh, the educational experience for students in the Chicagoland area, Whitney Young Magnet School, one of the top schools here in our city. And she, under her tutelage, that school has become more and more prevalent. The educational opportunities that those students have been able to get have been just phenomenal for those students. So that's a great if this city could talk. So salute to her and her retirement. I hope she enjoys it. Absolutely. Audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of our platform with Chicago State of Mind. Thanks for listening, and we are out this bitch. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.